Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And this week, we're talking about how to get ready for a catalytic board retreat. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Catalytic? Isn't that something in my car? <laughs> what are we talking about, Nancy? It is a big word. <laughs> you know, it's a big word. <laughs> in fact, it's one of those words that we really had to look up to make sure that we were using it correctly, because it's not about like blowing things up or anything like that. It really is about speeding up the rate of something. Hmm. And, you know, we've talked earlier about how to have a great board meeting and, and why boards matter and all of that. And I think what we're talking about here is really how to speed up the effectiveness of your board as we come out of the COVID situation that we're in right now. Mm, now that I can see resonating with a lot of our listeners because it sure feels like people are starting to think about, oh, maybe we can gather outside this summer and actually have a board retreat. I think you're right. I mean, we're starting to see sunshine at the end of these dark days. <laughs> yeah, I probably see a little more than you do. Oh, yeah. Well, we won't bring that up. But I will say (laughs) that the daffodils are blooming. The crocuses are popping out. And that means that boards are probably starting to think about holding retreats. They're anticipating sitting in somebody's backyard, socially distanced in lawn chairs. And we're imagining that a lot of boards are planning to meet in person this summer. So before we pull out our last retreat agenda, we think it's time to rethink board retreats. Mm. I agree with you, Nancy, but I also hear our listeners cringing a little bit because we've been rethinking a lot for the last year, at least. And I think there's a little bit of rethinking fatigue setting in. I think you're right. So so why should we do this? Well, I'm going to make a plea for all organizations thinking about hosting a board retreat this summer to actually pull out the tenacity and rethink it. Because I'm not sure board retreats were always planned so well in the past. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people ended up dreading them or uh, for staff, it was super stressful to prepare everything for them. And I think as a sector, maybe we've missed the great opportunity of a board retreat. So it's great opportunity. The pandemic has given us an excuse to say, oh, we might need to do things differently this year for this retreat. It's a great chance to experiment with rethinking how you go about engaging your board. I think you're absolutely right. You know, our board members are so heroic in how they have stepped forward to serve our communities. And we're asking for one more courageous act and to rethink that board retreat. I think that, you know, it really will catalyze, if I could use that word again, you know, really powerful performance later on, that things will be easier later on because you've invested the time in this. But let's be clear, a board retreat is not a few things. It is not a long board meeting. It is not an orientation. Hopefully that's happened at another time. It certainly is orienting, but it's not in replace of an orientation. It's not a lost day that people should dread, right? No. And it's also not just a place for an information dump where your board members simply listen all day. Yeah, that's no fun online or in person, to be honest. Um, So it should be, you know, focused with a purpose. It should be energizing. It should be strategic. It should be catalytic in terms of your, your future work, right? It should spark something in your board members and in the staff who are attending. And it should make everyone really excited for the year ahead and all the great work you can do for your mission. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? 
Well, so my first thought in that is really to reverse engineer. What do you want to move the needle on? What are the questions that you need answered? And likewise, what are the answers that you need questioned? You know, a board retreat is a huge investment of time. If you think about the financial cost of bringing your whole staff and your whole board together for what, six hours or whatever it's going to be, I mean, that would cost thousands of dollars if you were actually to pay for that. Think in those terms. What is going to make it worth it for all that time together? So reverse engineer. What do you want to come out of it and then work backwards? Right. And when you're answering the question, what do I want to come out of this? Remember, we always frame that in what does our mission need us to get out of this? And that means you have to ask a variety of people. So there's what you might think as the board president, perhaps that's who you are in your organization or as the executive director or whatever role and position you play. But you really want to ask the entire board, what do we need out of this? And I would argue you also even want to ask your staff, what direction do you need from the board? to be successful going forward. And so in my organization, we send out this very simple email that just has two or three questions on it about now, about three or four months before a board retreat, you know, and it says, okay, we're starting to think about the board retreat. What would success look like? What would make you leave that day feeling like that was a great day? And two, what do you think this board needs right now in order to function even better? Because in some cases you have lots of new members. So what we need to know is get to know each other. In other cases, you have, we need more information about something, or we just need time to discuss. You know, it varies quite a bit. And then the last is we always ask them, how do you want to feel at the end of that day together? And it's really great to take those words, whatever words they write down, energized or passionate or excited about the year ahead or more comfortable. You'll get that tenor and tone that you can then carry into your agenda. I love that you pay attention to emotions because emotions are so important that I've seen organizations where right before a retreat, board members quit the board. And I think, oh, they have that dread piece. Totally. So how do we really focus on that emotional piece of these board retreats? Right. Which is a great segue into, I think, the the next thing you have to be thinking about when when you're thinking about a board retreat agenda is how to build trust. There is just an intrinsic value in investing in the social cohesion and connection that allows for big and hard decisions later on in the year that we don't even anticipate. Boards work well when every board member feels respected, feels heard, feels like they're able to articulate a question or a concern or to respectfully disagree with someone else at the table. Um, And in order to do that, when when you take a basically a group of strangers and bring them together (laughs) to be a board, you you need to actually build in time for them to get to know each other and for them to trust each other. This can be done a million ways. It doesn't always have to be an icebreaker game, although many of those work well, but sometimes it's as simple as just allowing time at lunch for people to just talk with each other or prompting them with a lunchtime question, you know, ask someone about their first car you know, what was it? What do they remember about it? And suddenly you're talking on a, on a different scale. So make sure whatever you do, whether it's board member trivia that you ask them ahead of time for some fun fact about themselves or a prompting question or a traditional icebreaker game, or just simply working in pairs and then sharing out, having two people work together to solve a problem and and share out. However you do it, build an intentional time into your agenda to build trust. I love that. You know, our board members are multidimensional people. 
And for at least a year now, we've been working in a very two-dimensional world. And by having these social connections and building trust, you really build out the various parts of the people on your board and you get to know them in a much deeper way. You might have somebody who is an accountant, but deep down you find out they're a passionate artist and they love to write poetry. And those kinds of things build human connection, which help you make decisions later on for sure. But then, you know, you know, so we've been talking about building trust between people. I think another really human part of a board is culture. And we just recorded an episode on culture and, and we want to make sure you hear that. But but now is a great time to think about your culture and how you want your culture to be going forward. I think as nonprofit people, we could drop into any board retreat and have a quick glimpse of culture, couldn't we? Absolutely. Staff relationship. I mean, that all really comes into play whether everybody's fully engaged or not, that we would see that right away if we jumped into your board retreat. Whether you have a learning culture, you're open to vulnerability, hard questions, things like that. You know, the what habits you have and whether those habits are serving you. We see a lot about culture in your board retreat. And if you're going to change it for the future, that board retreat is a great time to start. Yes. So as an example, when I was a young first time nonprofit worker, um, I was invited to come to our organization's board retreat, but the staff were asked to sit at the back, like outside of the table. Um, right. And it was very clear that I was not supposed to say anything. That was the culture of that organization. And I wondered why I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I kind of wish someone had actually said, well, here's why maybe there's, maybe there's some great reason why it was important to be there, but not speak. On the other hand, maybe it was just a a strange power dynamic that didn't make a lot of sense. And if we had just thought through what does it feel like to be a staff person literally sitting outside of the table, um, and if the board really wanted staff input, you know, then getting a table big enough for everyone to sit around would have made a big difference. So part of it is, again, it's pausing long enough to be intentional about what you're doing and realizing that the subtle cues about um, where someone is, are we all seated together? Who, you know, who is asked to speak in, you know, is everyone asked to speak? Is it a quiet group? And we're trying to get them to talk more. All of those um, pieces of it need to be thought out. In my mind, it's sort of like planning a great dinner party. Unless you're bringing together your closest friends who who you have the most familiar, you know, time with, and you don't really need to think ahead of time. If you're going to plan a really great dinner party with guests who maybe don't know each other, you're thinking about everything, right? Who should sit next to whom? How am I going to introduce a conversation when it's quiet? When do I interrupt with food (laughs) versus letting us sit quiet, you know, let there be space for just ongoing conversation. It's like planning a great dinner party. And I think if you think about what you would do to do that, you can plan a great board retreat. It's, it's very much, you know, I like to think about the narrative. What is the narrative of an event? Mm-hmm. What is the, the opening? What is the middle? What is the end? And I think a board retreat is a great time to exercise our narrative skills. Yes. And that's why we need to have this conversation about planning your board retreat now, if you're really having a board retreat in June or July. It takes time to prep for a really great board retreat. The point of a board retreat is to get your board engaged. You want them talking to each other. You may want them talking to your staff. You may want them questioning each other. You may want it to be a safe place to talk about hard things like, are we really representing our community? And what would it look like if we did? You want to make it a safe place for those conversations to have. And in order to do that, 
everyone has to feel like they can speak safely. So as you're planning ahead, you have to be thinking, okay, well, if we're going to have a conversation about whether or not we grow our service area, what sort of information does my board need to have ahead of time to feel grounded enough to have that conversation? A huge part of feeling safe is that I actually feel like I have enough information to be coherent in this conversation. I often don't speak when I just feel like I wouldn't know any, I don't know enough to say something smart, right? So you want to be thinking now about what should I be sharing at my May board meeting to prep for our June retreat or what report or staff, you know, reflection do I want to be sending to my board before the board retreat, assuming we'll all read it so that we can actually have the engaged conversation we want to have when we're together. Mm, It goes back to that culture piece, right? That we are an organization that has a culture of being thoughtful, planful, learningful. We make, you know, we use research to make good decisions. And so stretching out that timeline is so important. You know, we've learned in this online world, I hope that we can really play around with time and place, Mm -hmm. that we can make short videos or send out information in an email or PDF or whatever, so that when we come together, we're really maximizing the fact that we need to be together to have these conversations. So what's our word of the week, Nancy? (laughs) It's all, you know, I spent a lot of time thinking about this and I was like, oh, should it be catalytic? Because we used that word earlier, but in fact, we've used that in a previous podcast. So the word is right in front of us. It's retreat. It's the word retreat. Of course, we couldn't resist. And, you know, when we think about retreating, it really is about withdrawing into a quiet place. So moving back before moving forward, you know, retreat also has that negative connotation as if you've lost a battle. I'm sure Napoleon had to retreat or something like that. But in this usage, there is no battle. There is no losing. It really is about refreshing your thinking by getting out on that balcony so that you can step forward again with new ideas and new vision. Mm. So true. So funny, Nancy. When I think about a retreat, I think about a really luxurious place with good smelling bath salts and like all sorts of just like luxury stuff around as a place to to kind of relax and think, which I think is what you're getting at. So I I was thinking about it in terms of the two parts of the word, the re and the treat part. And I also think that the re, of course, treat again, right? R-E means again. And so I love also thinking about our board retreat as a chance to really appreciate and enjoy each other, a chance to honor the service of really an incredible thing in our culture that people volunteer their time um, to give to a cause that means something to them. And they do that every month and they come and they bring their experience and wisdom to share, to make an organization better. It's an amazing thing. And so I really believe every board retreat should have some element in it that feels like a treat, whether that's sharing food together, simply acknowledging each person and their contributions to the organization or a really great thank you. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to be heartfelt. And if your retreat does that, you'll also set yourself up for success. I agree. You know, we hope that you have a chance to come together with your board. We're also impatiently waiting to see what the future holds for us. We can't wait to hear about your first gatherings, however socially distant they are. 
We invite you to tuck the nonprofit radio show principles into your notebook to help guide your conversation. You got this. Thank you for listening to the nonprofit radio show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.